Well, good morning. And again, I'll say welcome to Grumlaw Church. We really are so glad that you decided to tune in and watch here today in a season where we are trying to often break habits and start new ones. I want to really challenge you to be here every single week, Uh, probably much to the surprise of no one who's watching right now. uh, People are showing up to these weekly church gatherings less and less frequently all across America in particular. And, And my challenge to this faith community is to buck that trend. Fight to be here. Make this a priority as we head here into 2022. Draw closer to God. It's one of my favorite promises from God. Draw closer to God and he will always move closer to you. If you are new around here, I want to challenge you to come back for at least three or four weeks. And the reason I say that is that every single week is unique. Every single week is different. And frankly, I am very, very confident that if you do heed that challenge, you come back for at least a couple of weeks, this will actually be a place that you do look forward to showing up to each and every week. Last week, if you were here with us, we kicked off a brand new series titled Better. Uh, And to say that I'm a little excited for the series would kind of be like the understatement of the year. I have, in fact, never been more excited for a season at this church. I I am not just saying that. That that there truly is a holy anticipation for what God is going to do in this faith community over 2022 in particular. Uh, If you weren't here last week, it was a pretty significant week to as it kind of laid the groundwork for everything else that we're going to be talking about in this series. I'd liken it to like turning on an episode of Law & Order SVU five minutes after it started, right? You're basically playing catch up for the rest of the episode without those first five minutes. They're pretty crucial. So again, if you weren't here last week, please make sure you go back and you catch yourself up at grumlaw.com slash messages, or you can find us in a Grumlaw Church, wherever it is that you happen to grab those podcasts. But but just so you're not completely lost today, uh, allow me to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version of what we began to unpack last week. Jesus, in some of his final words to his closest friends, to, to his disciples, to his followers, right before he's about to leave this earth, he, he looks at them and he says, I'm telling you the truth. All right? He goes, I'm telling you the truth. This is a way of saying I'm not exaggerating. This isn't hyperbole. I'm telling you the truth. It is better for you that I go away, that I leave this earth. Because if I don't go, the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now, I want you to keep in mind that, that Jesus has just successfully predicted his own death and resurrection. Like he actually pulled that off. And his disciples, they're on one of like the all-time emotional roller coasters of all of human history. In a matter of just days, they have watched one of their closest friends get brutally murdered on a cross, and they're dealing with that and the grief that comes along with that. Then they're quickly shifting to this fear of like, oh my goodness, if that happened to Jesus, might that happen to us? Are we in trouble? Then they're dealing with, with this whole idea that a couple of women are actually telling them, no, 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 he really did come back to life. We actually have seen it with their own eyes, and they're doubting all of that. But then they come face to face with Jesus and they're rejuvenated because because he's alive. Against all the odds, he actually did it. He conquered death. He rose from the grave, but but he's telling them in this verse, by the way, I'm leaving. And they're like, wait, what? No, 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 you you, you can't leave now. We're, We're just getting started. I mean, this whole movement is about to have some serious rocket fuel pumped into it. When people see you walking about alive and well, you can't leave now. But, but he's trying to explain to him that it's actually going to be better that he leaves. Because unless he leaves, the Holy Spirit won't be sent. As long as he stayed on this earth, his, his influence would be relatively limited. 
limited to those people whom he was able to come in immediate contact with. See, Jesus could only be in one place at one time. But those, those restrictions don't apply to God and the Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. See, with the Holy Spirit, God isn't just dwelling amongst some of us, as was the case with Jesus. No, no, no. God now dwells with all of us. God as Spirit. No limitations. As a follower of Jesus, everywhere you go, the, the Spirit, God himself, goes as well. He is a part of every follower of Jesus. It's undeniably better. Now, as we head here into part two of this, this very intentional conversation surrounding the Holy Spirit, one of the three members of the Trinity, God in Spirit, we're going to address a rather simple, but I'll say an oft misunderstood question regarding the Holy Spirit. But very simply put, who? Who? Seriously, who exactly are we even talking about? Now, depending on how long you've been at this whole church thing, perhaps that can sound like a really, really obvious question. But, but my experience as a pastor has shown me that, that most people don't really understand who we are talking about. You ask 20 different people to describe who the Holy Spirit is, and you'll quite literally get 20 different answers back at you. But, but, but if we're going to seek over the weeks of this series to understand why the Holy Spirit is so important, why Jesus actually said that that is better that he leave this earth so that the Holy Spirit could be sent, that then we have to understand who he is. Now, just to kind of put some of your minds at ease and assure you I'm, I'm not forgetting some important details regarding the Holy Spirit, next week we're going to be diving into the more personal side of the Holy Spirit, that, that he is indeed a person with a mind, will, and emotions. I'm going to keep beating this drum, be here for every week of this series. However, this week we're going to be more specifically focusing on his character and, and thus who he is. So, so if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down, that the Holy Spirit is a, is a helper, he is a friend. And he is God. Now, I, I can't speak for all of you, but uh, when I'm really seeking to understand and I'm attempting to get to know a person really well, one of the best places to start is to speak with people who already know that person well. That's why references are really important when you're considering a new employee. You want to speak with people who already know this person in a professional, in a work setting. I remember when my now wife and I started dating. I wanted to meet her friends. I wanted to meet her family. I wanted to talk with them specifically about Andrea because it gave me such a better understanding of who Andrea was. So, so if we want to get a better understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, a great place to start would be with Jesus. Jesus knows the Holy Spirit better than any person ever has or ever will. And, and as such, Jesus frequently spoke about the Holy Spirit with his disciples Knowing that he wasn't going to be on this earth forever, he probably figured, hey, I, I should teach my disciples about the Holy Spirit. And, and I want you to keep in mind, what a kindness this is to all of us, that these words have been preserved for us. See, this isn't just instruction. This isn't just teaching for those early disciples, but, but for all of us who are watching as well. We, we don't have to sit around and, and wonder about the Holy Spirit. So many answers and explanations are found within the pages of this book that we call the Bible. So this morning we're going to jump into John chapter 14, John again being one of those four biographical accounts of the life of Jesus. And here in John 14, this is again Jesus speaking, teaching his followers, teaching all of us about the Holy Spirit. So again, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit, teaching us about the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another 
helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Now, again, we're going to dive into a lot more detail on this particular point next week, but, but I want to bring this to your attention now so you can kind of start connecting these dots. Scripture, I'll make this clear, Scripture never refers to the Holy Spirit as it or some other impersonal force. He, he is always referred to as a person. He, him, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate. This is really, really important because you don't develop personal relationships with things. Unless you find yourself on that show, My Strange Addiction, then all bets are off. No, you develop relationships with people. He continues, he says, These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify about me. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Make sure that sinks in. He will speak. He longs to speak to us. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Now, now this word that we see all over the place here, helper, it, it comes from this Greek word that's pronounced parakletos, parakletos. Everybody say it with me real quick. I know you're on the other side of that screen, but parakletos, okay? It's a Greek word. When you break it down, para means alongside, and kletos means to come. So, so you put it together, and what do you get? To come alongside. You guys are such a smart group of people. Y- y'all didn't know you were going to learn so much new stuff at church, did you? You're going to be walking into church work tomorrow, and you're going to be like the talk of the water cooler as you start dropping these Greek bombs on all these people at work. But, but here's what I'm getting at. Over and over and over again, it's emphasized that you ready for this? One of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit to help us. Because God actually knows what we all actually know. He he looked down from heaven at us and watched for about 30 seconds and thought, these these people are going to need some help. I have a friend, Nick, who, uh, who often works on my vehicles. Something goes wrong, routine maintenance. He's the one that I take my vehicles to. And one of the things I love about it is that I go right over to his house and I get to spend some time with him while he's working on my vehicles. He's just so knowledgeable in this area. I, I learn so much as he's actually working on my cars. And every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll lean in and I'll be like, hey, do you care if I give it a try? Do you care if I try to do this next part? And he's always so kind. He's always so gracious. He's like, yeah, no problem. And after watching me struggle for about, you know, 10, 20 minutes doing what would have taken him 30 seconds, every once in a while he'll lean in and he'll say, hey, Shay, you want some help with that? That's what God is doing for all of us. Here's some of the ways that the Holy Spirit helps us. And I want you to keep in mind as we go through this, that this isn't meant to be an exhaustive list, but, but it's certainly a good start. And keep in mind, I'm just pulling the ways that he goes about helping us from the very words that we just read from Jesus himself. And, and then have certainly proven to be true in my life, and many of the lives of the people who are right here in this faith community. Here's some of the ways that the Holy Spirit goes about helping us. First off, he discerns what is true. See, see, because of what I do for a living, uh, I've sat across from many, many couples where their marriage is not in a great place. In fact, it's heading in the wrong direction. It is getting there quickly. And and oftentimes it's kind of jarring. You'll literally be sitting there with a couple and and across from you, they, they are like really going at it. Accusations being thrown both directions. 
And I've learned in these situations, like that there is never a situation where one party is entirely to blame. It always takes two to tango to a certain extent, but there are some situations where the two individuals, they are telling completely different stories. And you're sitting there you're like, well, somebody's lying because these are polar opposites. And in those situations, I will quite literally to myself say, Holy Spirit, will you please discern for me what is true? Will you please tell me who is telling the truth? And I cannot tell you the number of times where I have looked right at an individual and said, you are lying right now. You are lying through your teeth. I do not believe you. And most of the time, it might take a little bit more polling. It might take a little more conversation. That individual will end up coming clean. Now, if you're new to all of this, what I just said here, that has the ability to sound really, really far-fetched. But, but, but I promise you, this is absolutely something that the Holy Spirit wants to provide. He wants to help you to discern what is true. That the Holy Spirit also teaches and corrects. Uh, th this happens all the time for me in particular as, as I'm reading scripture, that there'll be new things that are revealed to me. It's one of the things I love about the Bible in particular, that again, 20 different people can read the exact same verse and the Holy Spirit will reveal entirely different things to each individual person. He teaches me so much new stuff every single week as I write these messages. I, I often like literally even right now as I'm recording, I'm like, okay, I, I got to slow down because I'm like, I'm so excited because it's usually on just the Tuesday before as I'm sitting down to write these messages that, that he's showing and revealing all these new things. He's teaching and correcting and I can't wait to share it with all of you. But, but also even beyond that, practically speaking, he teaches and corrects in my parenting, how to handle difficult situations at work. Y'all, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you struggling through life, constantly dealing with failure. So he teaches, he corrects. He also reminds. So super practically speaking, uh, I know as like the pastor, you're supposed to have like every single person's name committed to memory that attends this church, that calls this place their church home. I, I'm going to confess to all of you, I don't know all of your names. But oftentimes, I'll be having a conversation with someone and I'm like, I should know this person's name. Like, I, I, I absolutely should. And I, I'm past that point where I can ask them again. It'll just be downright offensive. And the Holy Spirit will quite literally drop that person's name into my head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Other times, I'll, I'll be having a conversation with some of you, and, and you give me like way too much credit in this particular area. But, but I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will drop something in my head, like a conversation we had a year earlier. And I'll just ask you, like, oh, hey, by the way, how's your grandma doing? And you'll look back at me and be like, oh, my gosh, you actually remembered. And I'm like, nope, didn't remember at all. That, that is all credit to the Holy Spirit. He, he brings scripture to mind at just the right moments. He reminds me of, of his faithfulness on past occasions in my life. I mean, that, that's stuff we should remember. I'm admitting that, but we don't. And, and how patient, how kind is he with us that he constantly reminds. He, he also reveals what lies ahead. Uh, how many of you, I'm guessing all of us, a bit of a rhetorical question, that you, you've been completely blindsided by someone or something and you've thought to yourself many times in your life, if only I could have seen this coming. As far-fetched as this might sound to some of you, this is absolutely something that the Holy Spirit wants to provide for us. No, no, he's not a crystal ball that we can rub and he's gonna spit out the entire picture, but countless times throughout my life, he's told me, don't hire that person. Sell that now, buy those now. You need to call that person right now. When you speak to some of the most successful businessmen and women, even right here in our church community, and you ask them, and many times I have, hey, what's kind of been the secret sauce to your success? 
the, the most common ingredient is kind of the shrug of the shoulders and their response of, I asked the Holy Spirit for guidance. And, and I've just learned that rather than operating on my own intuition, I, I decide instead to rely and trust him even when it sounds completely counterintuitive. That the Holy Spirit also knows what to say, or <laughs> oftentimes for me, what not to say. Again, I cannot tell you the number of times, the number of conversations I have had with people where immediately, as soon as the conversation's over, I'm sitting by myself thinking, I am so glad that I did not say that. Where, where the words were about to come out of my mouth, and it's just moments later in the conversation where I'm like, if I would have said that, I don't think this person would come back to the church anymore. Or, or, or countless times where I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm simultaneously praying as they're sharing things, oftentimes really, really heavy stuff. And I'm going, I have no idea how to respond to this. And, and so I'll literally, as they're speaking, pray, Holy Spirit, please, please, please give me words right now. Please tell me how to respond. And just moments later, their words come out of my mouth that I simply cannot account for. Uh, you guys are often very gracious, and after church, you'll, you'll compliment me on these sermons. You'll be like, man, like th those words, they, they felt like they were just written for me. I, I want to tell you all, like, a bit vulnerable, that this last week, and I don't really know what it was about it. Maybe it was like, you know, the Christmas break, and I was kind of out of my, like, week-to-week -week rhythm, but it, it was Sunday night, and even into Monday morning, like, I, I was literally in tears, fearing, feeling so overwhelmed about writing the message for this week. Just this, this immense pressure of, like, I have to write another message. It has to be compelling. I'm feeling all of this weight, and in that quiet time on Monday morning, with God, the Holy Spirit just reminded me, he's like, Shay, this has never relied on you for a second. Not, not for one second. I, I'm not going to abandon you now. I'm going to give you the words. And so I sit down to, to write these messages on Tuesdays. On Tuesday morning, sat down to write this very message. And hours later, a sermon is written. Not my words, his. I, I love how Robert Morris put this, puts this. He says, who wants to stumble through life without the benefit of the clear direction and inward peace that comes from hearing God's voice? The, the great news is that God doesn't want that for us either. God wants to speak to you. He longs to speak to you. And hearing his voice begins by recognizing that it's the Holy Spirit who is tasked with speaking to us at this point in human history. The main reason so many of us aren't sure if we can really hear the voice of God is because we've refused to engage and embrace the member of the Trinity whose job it is to speak to us. And then lastly, and this, this is so, 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 so important, the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. I, I want to make sure that this is really, really clear. The very purpose of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus, to point people back to him, to glorify the Son. It, it's absolutely appropriate. I've heard this years ago, to think of the Holy Spirit as a PR agent for Jesus. He, he's all about pointing and bringing people to him. Some of you have maybe, and I have to imagine this is true for a good number of you, You've thought over these first two weeks of this series that you're not really sure if you've ever really had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. But if you're sitting here today and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, I promise you, you've had at least one. Who do you think it was that introduced you to Jesus? Who's to receive credit for that moment when it all suddenly felt like it clicked and you really could resist no more? It's the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are here today and you're just kind of beginning to explore who do you think it is that caused you to kind of lean into this conversation? He's all about pointing people to Jesus, to convict, to convince, to reveal. 
that every single one of us are sinners who have no ability to get it together on our own, that we all desperately need a savior, that we all need Jesus, that it is through Jesus and Jesus alone that we can receive that right standing back. And then Satan, the ruler of this world, no longer has any authority in our lives. He is an outlaw because of the redemptive work of Jesus. The Holy Spirit points us to that truth. The Holy Spirit quite literally helps us in every area of our lives if we'll open up ourselves to his work in and through us. We really got to rip here through these last two. So again, he is a helper, but but he is also a friend. If you didn't grow up going to church, what I'm about to say is going to sound a little bit strange, but just bear with me. The, The Holy Spirit, you ready for this? The Holy Spirit is not weird. I'm telling you, he's my friend and he's not weird. Now, now the reason I have to say that is because many of you, you've had encounters with people who talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit and they are, mind you, properly labeled as weird. So so, so somehow that that gets passed on to the Holy Spirit himself. But but big point coming up here, if you want to take notes, those people would be weird without the Holy Spirit. They were already weird before they discovered the Holy Spirit. They are just weird people. So don't abandon the Holy Spirit because of a weird person. For example, I'm guessing that every single one of you, you've got a bad haircut or maybe two in your life. Did, did that mean that you were suddenly like, you know what, I'm never getting a haircut again? Of course not. You, you can be a normal person and fully embrace the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now in all seriousness, I want you to think about this. How sad is it that, that amongst Christian circles in particular, Such a seed of doubt and weirdness has been cast among those who embrace the Holy Spirit that has actually caused many of us to abandon him altogether. As I mentioned last week, can we think of anything that is causing Satan more glee than supposed followers of Jesus completely ignoring the Holy Spirit? And conversely, is there anything that would send Satan into more of a panic, into more of a tailspin, that then the big C church, the collective body of followers of Jesus, completely operating in obedience, in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you step into friendship with the Holy Spirit, we're told very clearly that one, we receive power. None of us were ever created to accomplish all that God has in store for our lives by our own power. Now, the Holy Spirit offers us a power that enables us to actually experience victory in this life. Within this friendship, we also receive love. That the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it possible to walk in love t- towards others and, and ourselves. If you haven't noticed, like that's really, really hard to keep up on your own. The, the agenda with the Holy Spirit is always love because God is love. Within this friendship, we also receive fruit. It's a very popular verse that we find in Paul's early letter to the Galatians where he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you grew up going to church, you have heard this verse spouted off so many times, but, but I'm guessing that you've noticed what I've noticed in my own life. It's really, really hard to produce this fruit consistently, isn't it? I got some hot news for you. You cannot consistently produce this fruit on your own. It is only through a friendship with the Holy Spirit. And it's precisely why it's called the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of Shea. The fruit of Shea is an entirely different list. 
We also, within friendship, we receive gifts. We're gonna talk a lot more about this uh, actually in the final week of this series, but the qualities that a friendship with the Holy Spirit produces in our lives are like these packages from heaven itself filled with blessings, miracles, and power. He, he is a gentle, he is a kind friend. And in those whom this friendship grows, encouragement, light, life, and healing come. What a privilege that the God of the universe longs to be friends with us. So he's a helper, he's a friend, but make no mistake about it, he is God. If you haven't noticed, we can very easily acknowledge in our minds that the Holy Spirit is God, yet display a very different belief in our actions and in our attitudes. In fact, I doubt that there's a single Jesus follower watching right now that would deny the Holy Spirit as a member of the Trinity, that you would deny him as God. In fact, that would be heresy because scripture so clearly teaches the opposite. But when you dig into the average Christian's life, I'm guessing there's a whole lot more attention paid to Jesus and the Father than the Holy Spirit, if any at all. There's a lot more talk about the Father and the Son than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. We talked a lot about the Trinity last week. Again, you weren't here last week. Go back and listen. But the Father glorifies and magnifies the Son. The Son only does what the Father says. The Son tells us that the Holy Spirit is coming and the Holy Spirit leads us to the Son, leads us to Jesus. As I wrap this up right now, if you hear me say nothing else today, bring it back in here for just a second. Hear this. And honestly, as I'm about to read these words, what could possibly, I want you to think about this, what could possibly be controversial about this? Come on, who wouldn't want this person in their life? The Holy Spirit is a person who looks for ways to help the hurting and connect them with the Father who loves them and the Savior who died for them. Come on, that, that is good news whether you've been at this church thing for your entire life or if this is your first time tuning in and participating in this thing that we call church. In fact, isn't this kind of what you are hoping to find in a place like this? I want you to know that this is the God that we worship and celebrate around here. This is the God who, in fact, desperately wants a relationship with you. He's a helper. He's a friend. He is God. This is who the Holy Spirit is.